Blog Talk Radio. Welcome listeners to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. Today's podcast was prompted by a question from an artist who is interested in finding out whether he should open a gallery in his hometown to supplement or take the place of his art fairs. As many of my listeners know, the, probably the average age of artists at the events is not like 35, is it? It's a bit older, and some of us still want to have these adventures. So we uh, will see what we can do today. So my guests today are John Levin. John has been earning his living on and off at art fairs for about 40 years, and he's worked a long time in this not necessarily just art fairs, but John, you were an art fair director. Are you an art director and things like that in Chicago, right? Well, uh, actually, I had a, a production company. I, was, I did media production. Uh, okay. Okay, so something really, pretty. really professional compared to this life. But in the last 10 years, years, he's jumped into the art fairs with both feet. And here is the bio, he said, who he is. Aging art fair artist from Saugatuck, specializing in digital art, who is seriously thinking of opening a gallery in the resort towns of Saugatuck, Douglas, with his wife, Marcia. Thank you, John, from one aging art fair artist to another. Happy to have you with me today. <laughs> okay. Also today, um, I have Sandy Schimmel-Gold. Sandy learned to mix paint before she could write her name, and she played the piano before she could read music. She's been a muralist, a designer of consumer goods. She owned a retail display design company. She's a custom portrait painter, special event designer, and in her current iteration, she's a self-described queen of junk mail. When asked how she came up with this idea for her current body of work, she said, I'm an artist. Necessity is a mother of invention. Welcome, Sandy. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Connie. Okay. And Sandy has had a, a gallery in recent times, so she's going to wage in and hopefully give some good advice to John. And also on the line, I want to say welcome to Terry Belford. Hello, Terry. I know you're there. Okay. Well, Terry has been self-employed for over 30 years in businesses developed out of personal interest in the creative arts. As a working artist, a gallery owner, and consultant, her most recent business, a gallery of fine art and contemporary craft, continues to thrive under the creative direction of a new owner. So she sold her gallery. Since selling her gallery, she's continued to help aspiring entrepreneurs, artists, craftspeople, and collectors make a living based on their passions. I have a feeling that Terry is not on the line yet. Okay, that was someone else. Terry will be joining us shortly. She had a, an emergency that came up, and I know that we'll be talking to her soon. So 
Welcome, everyone. Today's podcast came about because John Levin was looking for input before he opened gallery. So, John, let's find out about what your plan was here and what you asked for about Art Fair Insiders. What did you like to be doing soon? Well, um, you know, I'm getting old. (laughs) And uh, putting up that tent um, at every art fair and taking it down, putting up uh, an entire gallery, um, you know, that's getting kind of physically demanding for me. And and my wife, my wife helps me as well, Marcia. Um, So we were thinking, uh, why not try to ease ourselves out of this art fair business? I mean, for us, in the last 10 years, the art fair business has been very profitable. We've been doing very well. So it's, uh, we know that we can't supplant the, uh, you know, the income that we're making at art fairs now with a gallery uh, immediately. So we're thinking, why not uh, kind of ease into this thing, uh, start a gallery, and then maybe within a few years it will be providing enough income for us to live. So that's uh, that's kind of our plan right now. Okay, and um, you've been pretty much uh, solely, well, you're, what's your present income? What are the sources of it? Well, we uh, we make income through the art fairs. That's the, the art fairs are the major portion of our income. Um, we also sell, I have uh, my work in six different galleries around Michigan. Um, I have income there. I have a website that provides uh, income uh, from online sales. And my wife, Marcia, has an online gallery called Bumbly.com that sells uh, arty kind of uh, um, craft, fine craft uh, uh, mm-hmm. items. Well, so, well uh, I know that... the. Yeah, this uh, the idea of ho- oh, owning a gallery or operating one isn't appealing to many artists, especially those who live in tourist areas or in areas where there are empty storefronts and the rents are low. What about the location that you're thinking about, John? Tell us about that. Well, I uh, I already signed a lease, so Marcia and I decided oh, okay. to go ahead. So <laughs> we did. We did make a, a move. We've uh, we've signed a lease, and we're gonna the uh, uh, the lease begins on April first. So we're gonna spend April um, putting the gallery together, and we'll probably open on uh, May first um, for the season. Now, it, the gallery is located in Douglas, Michigan, which is a, a tourist area. Um, Douglas is not as as uh, as busy as Saugatuck is, it's across the river from Saugatuck. They're they're very close together. It's almost the same town, but um, but Douglas is more of a gallery town. There are, are six established galleries in Douglas alone, and uh, we just want to be part of that uh, that gallery scene in in Douglas. It seems to be growing, and um, and the. The uh, area has got a lot of possibilities, so we we have a lot of hopes that uh, that this thing will will take off. Tell tell the listeners uh, something about Douglas and Saugatuck. Why this would make it an attractive area? 
Well, Douglas and Saugatuck are is a uh, th- this is a, a resort area. We're right on Lake Michigan. Uh, there's a big um, harbor with a lot of uh, sailboats and powerboats uh, that are are moored there. People, uh, the population of Saugatuck Douglas increases to about uh, 6,000 in the summer months of people who own uh, summer homes here, people who rent summer homes. So the population just balloons uh, in the summer months. So it's a it's really a destination for uh, for uh, vacationers, uh, weekend vacationers, as well as uh, you know we cl- people rent cabins, rent uh, uh, beachfront uh, properties. So it's uh, it's a popular place for people to come. It's a pretty affluent area too, is it not? It is. It's uh, there's uh, there's there's a lot of money here. Um, Okay, and, and and a lot of your um, second home people and summer home people are from Chicago, right? Yeah, I think the the majority of the people are from Chicago. There's a lot from St. Louis, not as many uh, people from Detroit, which is kind of surprising since we're in the same state. But uh, the the majority are from uh, Chicago area, then St. Louis. Uh, a lot of people from St. Louis. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, uh, there are, so you think you've work. got the people that can, you, you, and you've sold some work in galleries in the area. Is that correct? Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm in the gallery right now. I'm selling work in the gallery that's right next door to the gallery I'll be renting. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I I do sell in uh, a gallery called the Mixed Media Gallery in in uh, in downtown Douglas. Okay. All right. That's a good start. It looks like Terry, you've you've joined us, haven't you? Terry? <laughs> well, her light is all has all lit up. I think she you're there, Terry, right? Well, maybe she she's just uh taking a break and come back. Going to call in again. <clears throat> okay, so that's that's John's background. So he's thinks he wants to he and Marcia can get off the road a little bit eventually. But you know, I think that from the years, and you all know, there is no better way to make money fast if you're if you're lucky, right? You can make your work. You can go stand on the street corner, and somebody comes by and gives you cash. All right, or and or that's the ideal. Doesn't always happen at the shows, but and it's easier than putting your stuff in a gallery and waiting for the right person to come by because you're going to see two hundred thousand people this weekend instead of twenty that walk through there the next day. Sandy. So hi, Connie. <laughs> so um, now you have a cup. About a year ago, you said you were going to open a gallery and tell. Give us some of the background on that, on you and on that. Okay. Well, I, my husband and I, for years, uh, traveled, did a lot of art shows. Um, we at the time we lived in Arizona, so we would go as far as Oregon and New Mexico, Colorado. I had work in uh, galleries in different parts of the country, and I like doing the art fairs because it's sort of like a comedian where you have new material and you want to take it on the road and <laughs> test it out, see how people respond, and it's always nice talking to people who like your work. But I found that my uh, doing an art show was um, more frustrating for me because um, 
I just watch people walk by, walking their dogs, talking to their friends, and it seems like the the years of people going to an art festival to buy art had changed to it's a day out. Um, it's just a nice walk, and, you know, I, I would notice that people weren't even turning their heads, and I'd get frustrated. My income from the art festivals always came afterwards. I give out postcards, I give out business cards, and I would end up doing custom work for people that I met at the art show so they'd see the quality of my work. But I actually made more money afterwards, so, you know, you're spending Saturday and Sunday being frustrated. And then, you know, mm-hmm. next Wednesday you get an email saying, hey, can you do a portrait of my kid? So that it was a bizarre experience. And we are also aging my husband and I are both over 60, and he just the grind of loading up a van and taking everything out at 4 o'clock in the morning and up and down, you know, over a weekend, having to deal with weather, having to deal with somebody else's marketing. It just really got to me. So I yeah, thought, well... Uh, that's stressful, uh, the, the weather issue. And uh, the fact that people, so many people are uh, just walk by, you know, it, those are frustrating issues. You're right. But there's so many people at an art fair, like Connie said. I mean, um, thousands and thousands of people will go by my, will see my art at an art fair, um, at one art fair, much more, many more people than will see my art in the gallery for the entire season, <laughs> I would guess. But hopefully it, the people who come into a gallery are more likely to be people who are interested in actually buying something. So, you know, that's, Yeah, we'll see, because they're, they're making that well, additional step. So, so, Sandy, so then, so the frustration level, and then didn't, then what? So, um... I live near a town that I thought was a tourist area, but most of the tourism was really based more on Civil War um, sites than anything else. There are not a lot of hotels or not a lot of events in the area, but it's a really cool little town that has beautiful uh, old buildings and it has a lot of potential. There are other galleries there and other um, other venues, and there is a monthly um, art walk every mm-hmm. every uh, fourth Friday around the year. So I thought, well, we'll get that. And what's we'll the name of the town? Petersburg, Virginia. Petersburg, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Petersburg. Virginia. And it was okay. very close to my house. I have a gallery in Richmond, which is the nearest uh, larger town, and so I... I knew I couldn't open a gallery in Richmond because then I'd be cutting off my nose to spite my face. I already was selling work through that gallery, so I didn't want to um, glom onto their, their territory. So um, I found a beautiful space. It was absolutely perfect to move into. I got an LLC. I got the business license. I had I had signage made. I worked with the uh, Department of Tourism to put um, rack cards at uh, several locations throughout the state so that if people were traveling to my area, it would be one more stop because I'm one of those people when I travel, all I want to do is go to art galleries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought I know. that would be 
there's even if there's a husband that wants to go see a battlefield, the wife wants to go. Let's see what the art gallery is, you know. So uh, it seemed like we had a great location on a main street, uh, beautiful frontage, you know, ceiling the floor, glass windows, and I met someone who was looking for studio space. So she helped pay the rent. And she had her own space within the gallery, but it was really my business. I owned it, and I've had. And it was mostly your school. work. And it was mostly, mostly your my work. work. And um, I have a background in public relations, in marketing, in corporate communications, and an art uh, art director. So I could design all my signage. All you know, I knew all the resources to go to. I contacted the media, and we had at one opening. <clears throat> where we had a themed uh, show, front of, front page, above the fold, coverage, and um, and we did have traffic at some events, but what I understood from a lot of people was that many people think that you have to pay to go to a gallery. They, for some reason, they think it's like a museum, but I've never heard that before. And I heard that over and over. I also oh. um, got a lot of feedback from people who felt that a gallery is a one-way-in, no-way-out situation that you people don't feel comfortable coming in and looking at art. They feel they're, they're going to be pressured to buy something or that the work is going to be, a, you know, more expensive than they can afford. And um, my the people that would come in during the day, during the week, or on the weekends, were uh, they either wanted to do paint night, they wanted lessons for one of those, you know, wine and paint things, or they wanted to, they were artists that wanted me to put their their work in the gallery. Oh. oh and it was, it, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get the tourist traffic that I anticipated. I didn't get the, as much publicity that I thought I would get, even though I had many reporters tell me, we're going to come cover your gallery, but the timing magazines and uh, the bigger newspapers didn't come. And the town itself is very conservative. It's the South. My work is contemporary and um, I just, you know, it's like Mayberry, and then I forgot who lives in Mayberry. Aunt B lives there, <laughs> and Floyd, and Andy, and Otis the drunk, and they well, just... Sandy, it's sort of like my, uh, my children, when I say things aren't going the way I expect them to go, they say, well, Mom, you know, you're you're not the demographic, right? What you lived, the right. reason you were there, you were not the demographic for the other people that were there. Correct. And I, you know, I didn't know that going in. I wasn't sure. I was hoping that I would get more tourists that were really interested in looking for art. I just picked a wrong location. If I had opened the same space in Washington, D.C., it would be a different story. What's the price point of your work? uh, Have you given up on the gallery then? I did. When my (laughs) my lease was up. I moved on, oh, and okay. I will. I will tell you this: I did. Uh, I did try to register with uh, organizations like uh, Call for Artists, 
entry thingy, juried art service, um, to do calls for artists. And after a couple of months, I felt that my concern was done those. I've done replied to you know applied to calls, and I've sent my work away you know to other galleries or other organizations for shows, and and work wouldn't sell. And so I'm paying for my art to ship away, and I'm paying for it to come back. And I felt like, well, this is a great money maker for the galleries. They're making money for every everyone that's applying, and then there's no cost, and all they have to do is put out wine and cheese and say, we had a show, <laughs> and the artist is really taking the brunt. It's paying for the – it's a pay-to-play. So It's vanity. I didn't – you're right. I didn't feel that it would be fair to charge people, uh, to hire people to be jurors, and then um, just keep putting on shows that nobody was selling because I just didn't feel like I had the population to purchase uh, the work. And price point, John, you asked me, we had everything from uh, postcards that were a set of postcards for $5.00 up to work that was thousands of dollars and every price point in between. And uh-huh. it didn't it it didn't matter. My my friend who was renting space for me, we would we would laugh and say, you know, it wouldn't matter if this piece was fifteen hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty or fifteen or a dollar fifty. If someone's not buying art, they're not gonna buy it. it's not the price. They just weren't they'll get it. They just don't get it. They don't mm-hmm. get it, they don't want it. Nobody needs art. We all know that. And when you are trying... uh, You're thinking that uh, it was just the wrong place then. It was definitely the wrong place, but I still feel that the amount of work, because you're not... You you go from, when you're working in an art, doing the art festival thing. For me, my schedule is I get up, I'm in my jammies, I brush my teeth, I drink my coffee, I go work in the studio, and then when there's a show starting on Thursday, you start getting that stuff together and you're on the road. Well, this is you have to get up. You have to be someplace. You have to be someplace six or seven days a week and sometimes for more than eight or ten hours a day. You have to be available to the customers. You have to answer the phone. You have to answer emails. You've got to do marketing. You have to have a website. You have to have social media marketing, Instagram, Facebook pages, this, this, this. And for one person, it's a lot of work, especially when you're trying to make art, too. So I felt, um, and this is just me, as the artist, owner, director, marketing person, chief bottle washer, the person that bought the wine, got the cheese, you know, everything, every single thing that um, customers were almost a pain in the neck because they were, they were just coming in <laughs> and they were just they were bothering me when I was trying to work. Well, I, I, I had this kind of, of, right. Well, we we moved to a small town um, oh, some years back, and we live right on the main street. And we have bought a big old house because we had to have room for a dark room and a frame room and all that stuff. So we had a big house, and we had commercial zoning. And we thought, well, you know, we could do the art fairs on the weekend and have gallery. No, how could we do it? And then the part that part came in. Oh, my gosh, you have to be here and pay attention to people all the time. Who wants those customers, right? Go away and let me do my work. So there you go. <laughs> that. 
Look, okay, look, uh, I, Carrie, are you there? I just wanted to say hello, yes. Hi, Connie. Yes. I am here. I was at a dentist appointment, so I was on mute, um, which is why I couldn't answer you. On my, I put that, my oh, I see. Well, I am, I'm glad you're here now. We're all more, almost ready for here. your part. <laughs> Good timing, good timing. I want Sandy to finish up a little bit on her story here, though. So you're, so basically, your um, you have have you pulled out of your gallery now and closed it up? I pulled out and closed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm back to working at my house, which is fine. And mm-hmm. I had a very big commission to work on, and at the end of the the experience, I thought, I'm just going to sit back and take some time and reevaluate everything. Sure. And then when I did, sure. I got this commission, which kept me busy for weeks. Huh. And <laughs> so I haven't had that luxury yet. But I think going forward, what I, I think I just want to put my efforts into making art. And then uh, later on, after I have like a new kind of, you know, maybe a new body of work or a different kind of direction that I will just start my marketing and PR uh, full force again, like I did okay. Uh, okay. 15 years but ago. But I see you sold your tent. You sold your tent, so you're not going back on Everything. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So thank you. So, okay, our third guest is Terry Belford. Welcome, Terry. How are you feeling? Thank you, Connie. Just great. And um I hope I hope I can do a little bit to um encourage John and those of you who are considering opening a gallery because okay. um, you know, there are an awful lot of experiences like Sandy's, but um I I know uh I know I made a really nice living at my gallery and I sold it for good profit and it's still going. So, um, okay, it's doable. And where where is your was your is your gallery? My gallery is in Cambria, which is on the central coast of California. It is also a tourist town, um, a population in the summer, like like your other uh, like Sagatuck you mentioned. Um, in the summer, up to about six thousand people. Hmm. Uh, I found that. A tourist town is not the ideal. Tourists were not my ideal clients. I was very surprised, but they were not. Um, it, it, were, it was the people that owned homes there that came back and back and back. And uh, I have to say that I think the biggest difference was I carried m- many, many artists. So was um, not just trying to sell my own art or one style or one look. And I have to say, Sandy, I'm really sorry to hear about your experience because I've never heard those stereotypes of people saying they thought they had to pay to get into a gallery. So maybe it was a little, you know, the town. I don't know. I It was the town. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. No you, actually, Sandy... Actually, Sandy, you said that if you'd done it in Washington, it wouldn't have happened like that. But could could you have uh, stood the rent in Washington? Well, that's the issue, and I also and, and the transportation. I just didn't, oh. you know, I had I had the money for the rent. I had money for marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing. I had, 
Um, what I didn't have, and I, I know this could have been a big mistake, is a, someone, I couldn't hire someone to staff the gallery. And that was probably my biggest mistake because I, I, like I said, I got so busy with commissions that I couldn't spend enough time. There aren't enough hours in the day. And I couldn't, that was a big problem. And we did do shows where we had a lot of art from a lot of different artists. And um, it still didn't, it just still didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. And we okay. didn't have any tourist art. We didn't have art that was um, representative of the area. Oh, there's always that. Okay. Well, folks, I can't believe we're already halfway through our podcast today. I'm talking to John Levin, who is a digital artist from Michigan, who once is going to be opening a gallery in Saugatuck, Douglas area in the spring, John. Did you say April? In April? It will open yeah. in May. In May, okay. And I'm talking to Sandy Schimmelgold, who had a gallery in Petersburg, Virginia, and who is now rethinking the gallery part. And Terry Belfort has just joined us from California, and she has had a successful gallery in a coastal town in Cambria. Frankly, you know what, Terry? I was there this summer with my granddaughter. We were going, uh, yeah, some some, uh, Island of the Blue Dolphins trip. So I've been to Cambria not long ago. Wow. Terry? (laughs) <laughs> and so Ter- and Terry's gonna has has had a, a re- had different experiences. Terry, you um besides uh, having this gallery right now, tell me what what are you doing now? I have since uh, selling the gallery, I have been consulting with artists and craftspeople. Um, I have helped several people open galleries, um, start to finish location, you know, helping them scout the location, do the lease source, artists, the the whole works, marketing. Um, Mainly I consult with artists to get their work into galleries and to um, sell their work online and and sell their work at shows and so forth and and, and pretty much help them with their their marketing um, to get into the, to get that left brain, right brain balanced. Um, And I've written a number of e-books and e-guides for artists and craft people. Um, and, and one is actually how to open your own gallery. And uh, I think, interestingly enough, um, John, I came in a little bit late, so I didn't catch whether you're planning to sell just your own work or other artists um, as well. Uh, no, I, are you, um, yeah, I plan to sell plan, uh, other artists as well, yeah. Other artists as well, yeah. I think that makes a really big difference. And um, I also find, even though I chose to be a solo venture, um, that was my decision to not do, you know, you could either do a solo venture, a co-op, or a partnership. Um, There are several different models that people don't even talk about that are very, very workable. Um, and there are advantages to each, but because I choose to, chose to do a solo effort, um, I did work the gallery myself for the first few months to hire employees, um, and I gave them the added incentive of a commission, and it worked very well for me and for them. Um, I What I did find was, for my model, hiring other artists 
or artists who showed in the gallery really didn't work. It helped. It it actually worked better to hire art appreciators, if you will, um, collectors, or just people who wanted to be around art and appreciate it and wanted to talk about it. Uh, because the artists, many of them found the customers to be an interruption to their work, as as you explained. (laughs) 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 Right. John, are you planning on working while you're in the gallery? Yes, I am. Creating? um, Uh I'm a digital artist, so I work on a computer. So I will be able to set up my computer and my printer in, in the gallery. So I will uh, work there. Uh, you know, be, I, I know that there will be, uh, this is a tourist town, the the, the times when uh, the most people come through will be in the summer months. But uh, we plan to be open um, other months as well. So I'm going to be working there. I, You know, I need to do something. I'm not going to sit there and twiddle my thumbs waiting for, uh, you know, that rare person to come in the door. Um but uh, I do want to stay open in case that rare person does come in the door. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be working in the gallery as well. Do you have local um, year-round residents? Yes, we there's, yeah. a, there's a population here, but it, it you know it like uh, quadruples in the in the summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But it's an artsy town, and in, in, in Michigan, Saugatuck Douglas, it is known as an artsy town, and their people will go there partly through the attraction of the good, the good restaurants and the good galleries, and it 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 has a reputation for for the arts, and it has a year-round population that I think is interested in the arts. It's not going to be who who did you say was in your town, Sandy? Andy and who? Sandy, other artists or galleries? No, I mean, who did you no, no, who did you say were the people who lived in your town? Oh, uh, the residents of Mayberry. Yeah, and, right, well, there's right. An, there's <laughs> another problem. Um, Petersburg has a, a reputation that um, that it's a dangerous town. I oh. think, which I didn't realize because I live really close by and I think it's lovely and it's got a, a million great things going for it. However, people from Richmond, 25 miles away, are terrified. I didn't know this. And I should have done a lot more research before I, I, I selected the location because it was convenient to me, not convenient to art collectors. And so when we did have one big opening, um, I noticed that people were... Um, were did not want to drive down from Richmond for the opening because oh, it was okay. they had this perception. So that was another mistake I made that wasn't anyone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then that's the other thing. I know that when we moved where I live now, we had didn't know the area very well, and we just thought, oh, this is a perfect place. Without doing that thing about, oh, yeah, real estate is an investment. Oh, gosh, who knew that? You know, this whole thing about location is it's like business decisions that sounds like uh, John is going to be in a good town. And uh, Terry, what about your town? My you live town, there? Actually, I do, I do, and uh-huh. I actually only moved there a few months before I I moved up from Southern California to Cambria. Literally, 
not knowing a soul and knowing nothing about the business climate. However, I did know business. I had had other businesses and been in the art business for years. I had never had a gallery, knew nothing about that. But my town is, um, it appears to be high-end because of where it's located. However, for California Coast, it is not. And I had a huge learning curve, um, and that was that our clientele were mostly people from the Central Valley who, while they may have had money, art was not at the forefront of their minds. So I had to change my focus a little bit. I still sold art. Um, I also added quite a bit of handmade um, upscale craft. And, by, and John, this might be helpful for you as you're looking for other artists. Tourists buy jewelry. Uh, they <laughs> over and over and over again. Tourists buy handcrafted jewelry. So, you know, if you and it and that's something that's a really good um, dollar for the space it takes up. So, if you happen to have a couple of jewelry artists in your area, um, I highly encourage you to do that. Okay, that's people good advice. people Thank will you. come in for that and then buy art too, which is interesting. They don't necessarily come in buy only what they came in for. So, so John, do you have some other people lined up to um, work, have their work there? Well, as you know, I'm a digital artist, and uh, I'm interested in digital art. Um, I've been talking to other digital artists to see oh. uh, they're interested in, in participating. Um, well, not participating, but exhibiting in my gallery. I've kind of given, mm-hmm. at first I had the idea of uh, trying to um, get artists to participate by by uh, investing their time and not their money in the gallery, by having artists that will exhibit there and keep most of their, most of the revenue from the sale of their work in exchange for being in the gallery and, and manning it. Now, I've kind of uh, given up on that idea. I I think that that w- would probably not be um, sustainable uh, in the future, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll probably have like one artist that that I know that's local that will help me in that in that in that uh, model. But uh, mostly, Marcia and I will be manning the gallery ourselves, and we'll be looking for other artists to exhibit as well. I, no, I don't. I don't want to just say this is going to be a digital art gallery, but I think it's going to be heavily digital art uh, in in the gallery, and I think it, that might be um, kind of a Especially. unique way to market the gallery as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a niche. You've got it. it people know what they're yeah, what they're going for. You know, as far as having other arts, there's so many different models and. Um, there's a there's a lot between the single owner gallery and a co-op and you know a lot of people don't look at other models but you know one is just briefly renting um renting wall space to other artists and um and and with a smaller percentage of the sale and something that really when you talk about bringing other artists in um People love to see artists do their work, which you all, I'm sure, know from shows. People love to see you doing your work if it's something you can do 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do everything while people are watching, but there are some parts of it that you probably could. And inviting other artists in um, to to do their work and, and be a featured artist um, really is an attraction to people. And anytime you have any event like that, you're going to get more people in. Just um, who may not even be familiar with digital digital art. So I would say have the people, have guest artists come in and even maybe do their work, but I wouldn't have them be the same people that are going to be selling to the customers. If, if you know, right. I know you artists don't like the word yeah, sell, but yeah. Um, but I, I will, I will agree. Yeah, there's definitely a, San- an attraction to events. So, Sandy, did you ever do those painting parties? We didn't do uh, the painting parties because we had uh, two restaurants that were literally across the street that had paint parties there, and there were other oh. artists in town that were already doing them. But I and my uh, my friend who was a she paints, we both worked all the time in our gallery space. It was a working studio. And we, just just to add on to this, I had a furniture uh, maker who made gorgeous high-end furniture. His furniture was in our store. We had other furniture. We had jewelry. We had ceramics. So it wasn't just my work. I, I hope I didn't, I, I want to make that clear. It wasn't oh. only my work mm-hmm. all the time. We always had at least three to five different artists. And then all of our shows we brought in, um, we had juried shows that were, Themed. We had one in October last year that was uh, coincide with the day that um, Edgar Allan Poe passed away because he's you spent a lot of time in Richmond and all of everything was Poe related and we did it was a really oh. beautiful show. I it sounds like you you have I well from reading your information over the years and seeing your emails and and seeing your work it, you just. Sounds like you have all the stuff, but maybe this was the wrong location. That's because those are things that people would love to attend. I, I would. Oh, I'm not the demographic, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are my demographic, Connie. Oh, I think I am. I know. Right? I know who are. I know who my customer is. I can see them coming, and uh-huh. it's. Uh, I have a lot of admirers who are in their twenties, but they don't have. They don't have the the funds to buy a, a bigger piece. People in their 30s and 40s will buy chiclets, and people in their 50s and 60s will buy original work. So I, it's kind of an interesting mix. Hmm. Yeah. And, right. And you had all well, that, and, right? I mean, you had different price points and originals and prints, didn't you? Yes. I had a, yeah. a large. Yeah. Lots, large variety but I think at this point you know like I said I I didn't do if I would have had done uh, portraits of uh, Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis or other confederate generals I probably would have done better I had a painting of or I had a piece that's actually like a collage of of Abraham Lincoln I had Jaclay's and people would say we don't like him around here (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. That's funny. That's funny. Oh. We, don't like Robert, we don't like Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Well, you lived on the West Coast too long, girl. You shouldn't have been trying this. I know. 
I know. Like I said, okay. I moved to Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> so what was what was the best part of having your gallery, Sandy? For for me, um, yeah, it was a. You know, when you have something in your mind of something that you want to do and you can fulfill it in three dimension and hanging shows was so much fun. Uh, Anywhere from designing the logos to creating the marketing materials, uh, doing, you know, having a, a bunch of people come in to jury a show, hanging the show, putting the events together, all of that is fun for me. And I would do it again in a minute even though I might sound crabby about it, I would do it again in a minute. I learn from my mistakes. So I would definitely go forward in a different location with um, a different business model. Mm-hmm. And I, okay. I think so that would be... Well, I know. I, I live in the upper Midwest, and we have lots of empty storefronts. And people say to me every now and then, oh, Connie, you know so many artists. You've got such great art." Look at that store over there. Why don't you put a gallery in there? And it, it, there's that vanity thing, right? Cool, my own gallery. But you know, there, you, there you go, John. Right? What do you, what do you have to? You only have so many hours in your life. And is this the thing that you want to do with it? And what do you have to get in return for it? Sounds doesn't sound very arty to think about the dollars that are going to come back. But that's important, right, John? What, right? Well, you, you have you a know, goal. Uh, you have a financial goal. Well, the that's the the most important. Uh, well, the biggest hesitation I have about this gallery is the time that it's going to take. Um, you know, I <laughs> I uh, I kind of treasure my time, and I know that I'm going to have to spend a lot of time in the gallery. Um, Marsha and I until now have been doing art fairs together she's my my biggest uh asset at an art fair she helps a lot um i just did an art fair in um in uh, peoria, peoria last weekend. yeah peoria illinois i did that one myself marcia stayed home just uh, we were just giving it a try because we know that when i do go out and do an art fair someone's going to have to be in the gallery and that's going to be Marsha. So uh, we're planning we're planning to uh, change the way we do art fairs in that way. Um, so now you're part, even older, and you're going to be putting up the tent by yourself. I don't know. What right. do you think about that, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> I have not done art fairs in a very long time for that reason. Um, I really don't enjoy the setting up um, any of that. Yeah, I, I love the face-to-face with the people, but I would like to just show up and have it done. And that's the one really great thing about the gallery is you don't have to set up and tear down every other day. Um, I think if you get to the point where you have, where you're busy enough and doing enough, bringing in enough revenue, it's really great to have employees and be able to still be there and paint if you want so people can meet the artist or do your digital art so that people can meet the artist but not have to feel interrupted. Because I think people feel that. I think the public feels that when they walk in and they feel like they're bothering you. I think that's an absolute turnoff. So ideally would be, you know, if you could both be there and take turns. Is your wife an artist as well? 
she's arty, but uh, she doesn't. Uh, she's not an exhibitor now. Okay, so it wouldn't. I was just thinking maybe you could take turns where you're, you know, one of you is the on person and the other one is the working art that day, or you know, something like that. Or maybe you know, maybe part of your hiring people there. eventually for part of your day where they can be the front person and you can just focus on your art um, because that definitely that is definitely an issue there's no question um, you know j- just so that we don't discourage you know any listeners that are considering opening a gallery there you know don't overlook other models like for example this time of year um, it's, a lot of people will do a, a pop-up and you could even do that for the summer months it tends to be popular over the holidays, but doing, you know, that's a small commitment, um, a small monetary and time commitment. If you just, is, do you think everybody's familiar with what I mean by pop-up? Where yeah, you sure. Just, yeah. I am. Find, yeah, find, okay. Find an empty space and, and if it works, great, then you either continue in that space or look for a nearby space and, and open permanently. But there are so many ways to give it a try um, that are not as that are not scary and not risky. That um, I, you know, I well, we, I know people have well, how about cooperative galleries, right? Yes, something yeah, like yeah. that. And there are several and there are several different kinds of co-op galleries. Some work, some fail. I have an, a couple of articles on Craft's blog about that and what what makes a, a co-op work and what doesn't and and um, I know a very successful uh, gallery in San Luis Obispo, California, where Cal Poly is. You were probably there in that area this summer, I would imagine, while you were out there. But uh, they have been open for probably fifteen to twenty years. Um, three artists own it, and they their model is is wonderful. They rent. The wall space, it started out just the three of them, and they felt, you know, what we've talked about, they felt not enough time to work on their own art, and also um, they wanted to get a better, more expensive location. So what they did was they they figured out a way to rent their wall space out to artists that they wanted in the gallery that actually covered their rent, so that the three of them were exhibiting without cost. And um, and the artists who were good people, pe- people, people, would put in time, some discount on their rent or time in exchange for rent. And those who didn't could have someone else cover their time. Uh, you know, so there, there are just so many different ways to do a co-op. Um, and if you do it right, it can be super successful. These three make a living at it. They out of a gallery in, in San Luis Obispo. Well, that's 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 yeah. a great For that's a great possibility. Yeah, and I, and a lot of galleries you see that are open are, are just um, are not money makers. But their model was my model. Absolutely was. Um, I was I was supporting my family for several years on that income, and um, it's it you know you you definitely can do it, but you have to tweak it over time. If I went in and only did what I did, I mean, I made so many mistakes in the beginning. Um, and I, I think if I 
just kept along the same way I would have not been successful. And I think, you know, you have to reexamine periodically what you're doing and tweak it. So it sounds to me like one of the most important things that we're, all of you are saying is location means a lot, just right, location. So, Absolutely. Connie, Absolutely. there's a reason why there are empty stores. There's a reason why they're <laughs> empty. Yeah. yeah oh, that's are not. <laughs> I mean, you think about and that was, a, you know, very similar. And I, I also want to say before we go, that um, I have no problem with Mayberry. I don't have, it's not that I, yeah. I'm not disparaging people. I just want to say that for my work and the aesthetic that I was bringing, I, I picked the wrong place. I know that mm-hmm. um, I picked a, a, a place with a depressed economy, a place that had a bad reputation that I didn't know about because to me it's fabulous. And uh, it just wasn't the right, it wasn't the right spot for that merchandise. I mean, if you're going to bring in, I mean, if it was like if Gucci opened a store on Main Street in Petersburg, they wouldn't do well either. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. it's not Petersburg, it was the merchandise in the location. Um, and I want to mention, John, if I don't know if there's a school, but I had more kids that wanted to be interns and work for free uh, uh-huh. in the gallery uh, than I knew what to do with. So that's another opportunity. I mean, there's my favorite word is free. And yeah, I, if thought, I, I thought of that too. That's uh, I think that's something I would uh, definitely take advantage of, especially in the summer months when when uh, students are free. Yeah, and I well, and, so that's. And I like ahead, what Connie. people were saying of hiring someone and, or and or free, but maybe commission if they were yes. that combination. Right, their learning skills, and if they sell it, that would be the lots of businesses operate like that. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely, even with students, offer at least offer them commission because they need, you know, they need the incentive. Um, they're happy to be around the work and and talk to people about it, but they need they need incentive to to you know sometimes get the conversation back around to the art instead of maybe they you know meet someone and they find something in common and they start talking and they're not they have they need incentive to to get it back to the conversation back to the art so i i would absolutely at least offer them a percentage of commission a bonus something Yes, we got, it, it is business after all, isn't it? That's that's yeah, that's kind of the point that I was trying to make. I understand the the desire to show your work in a cool place, and there there is something wonderful about that. But this is business. We're trying to earn a living here, and the, this those are some good business tips. So, uh, Tara, you blog at craftbiz.com. What is the name of your blog? It's craftbizblog. B-I-Z. Craft. Yeah bizblog.com yeah and there's yeah. there's information there on, on running the business and um, I okay well it's almost time for us to go here but so I just want to say anybody who is really interested go to um, lebenart.com l-e-b-e-n art.com and see John's work it is very distinctive and original and he is sounds like John. He's you got a pretty great location. So this is John Levin, and I wish you luck on your gallery. 
And anybody well, who's you. interested in Sandy, Sandy has really amazing work. She does excellent emails, which always impresses me because I love I sit here at my computer all day and see these emails coming in. And Sandy's work is amazing, mosaic, that I, yeah, I think I am your demographic. I need their, your work in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that you can find Sandy's at work at S. C H I M M E L art dot com. Is that correct? Schimmel art dot com. That's right. And it has my website has not been updated for about a year. Because well, I noticed I, that, but your emails yeah. are great. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you've been working a at gallery. I'll get to that. That's right. Okay, That's right. and and um and Terry Belford's is craftbizblog.com and she even sells ebooks on how to do all of this and if I wasn't running five websites I'd be running uh, writing ebooks too but god we all can only do so much <laughs> we can't do it all ourselves thank you uh John Sandy and Harry um we'll be posting the information from this broadcast at artfairinsiders.com and we welcome your comments there you can download this free podcast at iTunes in the podcast section and subscribe to it also. We have more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. And on our next podcast, we'll be talking to Bonnie Blanford, a jeweler who runs the successful garage sale art fair in Kalamazoo. Bonnie is a wizard on using Facebook to promote her event. And we're going to be talking about how to use Facebook book to sell your art, bring customers to your shows, and build the attendance. So if anybody has a good idea for a podcast, let me hear from you. I'm Connie at Art Fair Calendar. Till the next time, visit artfairinsiders.com. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook and go out, create, and make money. And many, many thanks to all of you for your time today. Okay, thank you I so much. I can't wait to see your gallery, John. I'll come and visit it. And oh, Sandy, good luck, and Terry. <laughs> I'll keep you Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, folks. Appreciate your listening to us, and we'll see you again.